0: my viewers. <clears throat> Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, please, Devin?
1: Yeah. So let's see, where do I start? <laughs> so I do, I do graphic design uh, primarily. Uh, I just recently jumped in and started my own design and marketing company. So Devin Hanson Design Co. And uh, it was something that was supposed to be a two-year plan where I was going to take a whole year and really focus on my creative skills and then take a year and focus on what it means to build a business and then start it. However, three months into that plan, I was let go from the agency I was working at, which, you know, at the time was kind of devastating. And, you know, I thought, well, I was going to do this as a two year plan. And so I started applying to places and through that process, just decided like this is what I got to do so yeah so I do design and marketing and photography and I, I get to do all the things I love and all the things I don't love <laughs> yeah like running a business and um yeah so it's, it's me my wife also does some graphic design so she helps on the team so I've got a wife three kids uh three boys so that's you know a a Crazy house, busy house, a busy house. Yeah. Lots, of, lots of wrestling and running around and chaos. Beautiful chaos, though. Yeah,
0: yeah. you know, I, I hear you. It uh, can drive you cuckoo sometimes, but you wouldn't be without it. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, so I, I love your um, the term you use, uh, visual storyteller. I think that's quite descriptive.
1: Yeah. How did you come up with that? Um, I came up with it. So as I started the, the business, I was writing kind of the material to say like, you know, what do I do? What are my like selling points and stuff like that? And I was thinking through, okay, I tell people's brand story and my, my technically my, um, like, uh, my degree, um, they don't just call it graphic design. They call it visual communications. Okay, And so I was kind of playing off of that, like, yeah, that's what you're doing. You're visually communicating to people, you know, about a product or a service or whatnot. But even more so, I wanted to understand that, like, you know, you can get caught up in one design piece as a designer and a graphic designer. And if you view it more like art, then you kind of are saying, this is what I want it to say. Versus you're telling a story that's someone else's story to an audience. So part of being a storyteller, a good storyteller knows their audience and pays attention to their audience. You know, if their audience trailing off, they'll adjust the story to get their attention or whatnot. So similarly, I think in working with people's brand, trying to help them understand what their story is. And once we understand that, helping them tell that to the right audience. Uh, Sometimes you have to remove yourself as an artist, you know, and, and be willing to leave out things that might, you know, you might prefer graphically or whatnot in order to tell this story the right way. So yeah, I see it as a visual storytelling. Yeah. That's very cool.
0: Like you did with my image. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, well stoked with the, (laughs) <laughs> what you provided and certainly uh i think before I, I had a lot of people tell me it was dark but that uh, my uh my how i perceived the image of what i was helping with as in it being quite a dark subject yeah but and then people were telling me to bring try and be lighter with it and i had no idea how on earth to do that <laughs> 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 until I saw your creation with what you come up with. And that's, that then sent me on a new path. And yeah. without that, having the clarity of you showing me that, that would have, you know, that, that was, that was big for me to see how I could, even just that, that image was able to, uh, allow me to, to lighten my content. Awesome. It's, it's crazy what it does. Yeah. And it's powerful. Awesome. So, going off what you said earlier on as well, you said you uh, you had a plan that went a bit wonky. <laughs> um, I'm sure there's uh, lots of us that have been to the the unemployment phase. Um, yeah. How did you deal with? I mean, as, as, as a time of big change, yeah. Um, is is a was is is the change? easily managed that for that or was it, did it come with a lot of emotional uh, attachment and things? And
1: Yeah. So it's, it was kind of unique in that it, it, it came with emotional attachment mostly because like the, the company I was working for, like it felt like family when I was there. Um, and I had, I had been there four years. And so, so, so for me, I think a lot of the, difficult part of the change wasn't actually the concern about not having a job. It was just the confusion of why it even happened and being Price. like frustrated and angry and like bitter and stuff like that. Just cause it, it, it was something that like, I you know, saw a lot of the people I worked with his family. I had been told once by them, like only six months before being let go that like, um, You know, this is, you're a valuable asset to our company. We want to keep you on board. You know, please let us know if you're thinking about leaving. Like, we want to do what we can to keep you. So it was just weird six months later to be let go. (laughs) Yeah, with no A lot of confusion in my head, I think, more than anything. Um, So trying to process that confusion while also trying to make you know, a big decision of, do I start a business? Do I, you know, do that was, was probably the most difficult part of that change. So, yeah. And
0: How did you, how did you process that? How did you, how did you manage that change?
1: Uh, yeah. So, um, so one, the, the community that my wife and I have around us, um, our family was, you know, very supportive. Uh, Jen's, Jen's dad sent us, like, $200 in gift cards to movies, restaurants, whatnot, because he was like, hey, you know, I know why you don't have that job, you're not going to be wanting to spend money at places, but it's important that you go out and have fun still, and things so that like that. So, like, yeah, so that was, like, very refreshing to still able to have some of that and and some of that freedom go see movies and not feel like oh i'm spending cash i don't have and you know so so that helped with the emotion side of it and and pursuing you know stuff like that um and then you know we have uh uh you know our, our our faith and through prayer and you know meditation and and whatnot like was a big part. Another part of that community is the people at our church that came around us and said like, Hey, if you need anything, just, you know, give us a holler. Even if it's financial, like we're there, like we're not going to let you guys fall. And it was just like, cool. Like that's again, refreshing, you know? And then through that community and knowing that I have that network and those people around me, it was also um, a little bit easier getting like, a business going and getting advice and just, you know, finding that kind of stuff connections both for the business, as well as just some good clarity on what, you know, whether it's wise or not, you know, it's not just me internally talking or just me and Jen, it's bringing it to, you know, a group of people that that come alongside us. So, yeah. So I think through that and through just being patient, we were able to kind of, start to see puzzle pieces come together and just make that decision and say, Hey, this is what, this is what we're going to do for now. And we'll go from there.
0: (laughs) Yeah. One step at a time. Yeah. Yeah. So would you say patience, one of your strengths?
1: Um, yeah, I think it used to be more of a strength. (laughs) I think it used to be more of a strength before I had kids. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah, I get it. <laughs> and now I've lost a little bit of that patience.
0: Yeah, I think, I, think, I wonder if sometimes we're born with so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's got to last a lifetime. hmm Okay, yeah, cool. So obviously the, yeah, the people surround you were immensely supportive and being
1: able to talk to yeah. those people and bounce ideas yeah. and get valued I- ideas back. And there were a lot of unique situations. So, you know, I, I go to the same person that cuts my hair and he was like, Hey dude, this one's on me. Like oh, fair play. worry about it. You know? And he's, he's, you know, goes part of our church and part of that thing is he's just like, Hey, I'm just here to like help you be the best you to get this done kind of thing. Like if that means a haircut so you can go to an interview and get a job, like then the haircut's on me, like, you know, that kind of thing. And then, just before I was let go, my wife was doing some well, was about to do some physical therapy work. Um, and then I was let go and it was like that week that she had an appointment, and we were told insurance would still cover through that week, but then she went to the appointment and they're like, Nope, you don't have insurance. So we kinda of freaked out. And then friends of ours that had recommended this physical therapist were like, We'll cover the first three. Oh, like, first. And we're just like, okay, like, they're like, you know, don't, don't let go of your health because of your job situation. Like, like we're, we're on this, like we're in this with you. And then not only that, then we were like, okay, we're done. But the physical therapy office was just, we we didn't even know those people, but to my wife, they were like, we're not just going to let you stop, you know, because of a financial thing. Like we're going to do it pro bono and let you keep coming. (laughs) <laughs> oh wow and so they did about like almost five to ten more sessions with her at no cost and so we were just like okay like just just continue yeah. things that like we would not expect to happen that that just kind of helped be that little bit of encouragement to be like all right uh this is it's worth doing something that's difficult knowing we have people around us like that
0: oh yeah hundred percent doesn't it make you feel I mean, because that, that's quite unique. You, you, I mean, having that environment where, I mean, families can be there so much and yeah. friends can be there so much. But yeah. having all those people and all those things happen, like, you know, from your haircuts to your physiotherapy to then turning into yeah. pro bono. Yeah. You feel yeah. like you're on your path.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, you're, like yeah. you're in flow. Yeah. And part of me too is like, you know, we, we had some savings, so it's not like we couldn't do you know it's not like i couldn't pay for the haircut but just it's just you know there there's something to about how it how it changes the the emotions and attitude and stuff like that just to be given that gift even if you could afford it you know like you just feel like you have a team behind you even though they're complete strangers some of them it's like yeah (laughs) we um, have it it makes you want to go and be that kind of person so like it makes me want to go and start my business so that someday I can offer free graphic design to someone who needs it to get their thing going. You know, that kind of thing like, Yeah, yeah. It's the giving back. Yeah. obviously
0: you've got to put the beginning foundation bits in to yeah. be in a position to give back, haven't you? Do you know what I mean? Right. And that's yeah. the that's that's the crux of it. hmm Okay, so that's pretty cool. Um Okay, so here's one of the questions. Thinking back to your time in school. What stories come to mind?
1: Um, yeah. So I was always a, like, like when I think of school, I think of how reserved I was because, you know, I, I didn't have, I didn't have 20 friends, but I didn't like not have friends and I didn't feel like I was missing out because I didn't have, you know, a ton of friends. Like yeah. For me, I was okay to have two really good friends. And then from there, I was quiet and reserved, but like, people are always like, oh, so you were kind of shy. And I was like, not really. I was just quiet. Like, I I feel like I was very much like an observer. And so I, I was totally content to like, be at an event with a lot of other kids and just sit in the corner and watch and observe and people watch and, you know, kind of just take it in. And then, you know, I, I had no problem like talking with one person or a different kind of person, like who are completely different types of people. Mm. Um, because I don't know, like in some way I, I was kind of a chameleon in school and that like, you know, I could kind of go and become a little bit like these people enough to just kind of, have a conversation and go and be a little bit like another group and have a conversation. And in doing so, it's not like I had my group of, you know, my clique that I was in or whatever you want to call it. It was just, yeah, I could talk to a lot of different people and I had a couple of close friends. So, so that's one thing that I think of a school. Um, then there's, there's definitely a couple of teachers that stand out. Um, you know, I think everyone has, well, I hope everyone has, at least that one teacher that was like totally different than the rest, fun to be around, still taught things, but like, not? and I, you know, I think back to I, I probably had two or three of those kind of teachers through my, like, you know, junior high, high school time. So, do you, do you remember? I can, I can jump into some of those stories, or yeah, crack on, yeah, yeah. So, so my my absolute favorite teacher of all time was Mr. Curran high school geom or high school algebra. Um, Corona del Sol Tempe. That's the guy shout out to him. Um, he, you know, started off the, the class with a, like, here are the rules of my class. We will have fun. We will learn, but you will respect me, you know? And there will be no swearing in my class, you know. And some kids are like, "What?" You know, <laughs> like, yeah. you can't tell us that. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I can." And then, and sure enough, you know, something would go by, someone would swear, and he'd just be like, "All right, outside." And they'd have to go and not not just you know be in trouble, but they would just have to leave the room, sit outside, and they and he'd leave them out there until the end of class, and they missed out on whatever. <laughs> so it was like, "Whoa," which seems crazy strict, but then people like loved him so much because of other stuff I'll get into that, like, you're like, okay, yeah, I guess I deserve that. You set the rules. Like I I knew that was the rule. I guess that's the consequence. So, so, you know, you help people learn that there's like a consequence to rule breaking and things like that. But we also had all these different events through the year. So we had, there's, you know, I don't even remember what logarithms are. So maybe that teaching didn't stick with me too well, but it, Stuck with me enough to pass the test. But on the logarithm test, it was called the logger test. And you could come dressed in logger outfits (laughs) and get extra credit on the test. So if you had a flannel (laughs) shirt, that was an extra point. If you had a beard, that was an extra point. (laughs) So people put on fake beards and came in. If you had steel toe shoes, that was an extra point. If you had blue jeans, that was an extra point. A fair play. And then he's like, but please don't bring an axe to school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't go down. That would well. be minus points. <laughs> and then he tricked the thermostat. So the thermostats are like locked in the classroom. But he brings in a little heating pad and puts it over the little lock in the thermostat, which tricks it to thinking it's so hot that it gets really cold in there. And like and that's that's how we took the logarithm test. Like And then we did all all kinds of other stuff. Uh, I won't even say what they are, but Froggy Olympics, talent show, ghost stories, like, and all these different things that were like extra credit points, but nothing that would like, you know, if if you had a high B, it would be enough to push you to an A, but it wasn't anything that was like, oh, you're not learning math and you're just getting an A because you do these other things. But so it, it just, it made it fun. He always talked about like, teachers as being scary he's like we were out in what were called the ramadas like they were separate from the school because there was just not enough school space for the amount of students there were so they had these extra little ramadas and he'd always be like all right guys i'm going in i gotta go into the teacher's lounge and get something and it was like this scary thing to him to go to the teacher's lounge or he's like those other teachers are just too too stuck up and too like they hate their they you walk in the teaching lounge, they're complaining about all their students. He's like, what good are we as teachers if we're just complaining about our students and not helping them, you know? And so it was just like, man. So anyways, that's that my all-time favorite, absolute favorite teacher from any, any school, any grade. I think teachers need to be modeled on him by the sounds of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. definitely. And he was, had an Irish accent, always talked about Ireland as the homeland, but he's never been to Ireland <laughs> Because <laughs> he grew up in a Irish community in New York, so his parents were from Ireland. You're Irish, but you've never been to Ireland.
0: <laughs> i just looking. You know, you say you mentioned uh, a couple of college trips to. You've you've done some traveling. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, oh, Devin, I did what? a leadership. Oh, my... Can you hear me here? Yep, he's back in now. Okay. Sorry, it said my internet connection's weak. Uh-oh. Was... All right. Might be that my wife put on Netflix for the kids. We'll <laughs> I just told my... mine get off. <laughs> yeah, I might need to run downstairs real quick. You, <laughs> give me just a second. Huh? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. Just a <laughs> I'll be back. Okay, I'm back. Hopefully, we should be good here. Full bars now. For now. Um. So, yeah. Summer before my senior year, I uh, did a, a trip through the youth group at our church, but it was a leadership training trip, and we went to Dominican Republic for two weeks. Um, and It was a company called Leader Treks, and part of what they do, like – it's, it's really great. Like the program I put together, they put the kids in charge of stuff. So like I was a leader on the building team. So we were down there doing some building projects and then, you know, you have other people who are like food team, water team. I think someone was even like travel, just kind of making sure everyone sticks together and that kind of stuff. And these are, you know, juniors in high school about to go into their senior year of high school, you know? So 16 17 years old and uh we're in another country and we're put in charge of stuff <laughs> uh one team is put in charge of money so they have to make sure we stick to our budget and stuff like that as we do shopping for food so like if you're leading the food team you have to make sure you talk with the budget team the financial team ah. to not spend too much on the food for the week that we're down there you know That's clever. and stuff like that but one of the crazy parts of that was the leaders would let us fail. And I think that was the (laughs) biggest lesson I ever learned was that like, it's okay to fail. It's what you do when you fail that matters. And so they would let us fail and they said, that's okay. Like you'll, you'll work through it and you'll learn from that. Don't be mad at yourself for failing, just learn from it. And so sometimes you'd ask them a question like, Hey, should I do this or should we do this? And they just go, I don't know, what do you think? And that was like their trained response. So you go to a different leader maybe to be like kind of that whole like, you know, well, mom said no, so let me ask dad kind of thing. Like you go to a different leader and you ask them and they, same thing. I don't know, what do you think? You're like, that's pretty cool. Okay, I have, I have to learn, I have to make a decision here and it might be the right the wrong one, you know? like, yeah. But that's okay. Like, and so the food team... You know, one of the leaders took them out and we were going to do like, their plan was some kind of pizza that night. But we're shopping and the people on the food team don't know Spanish and they're shopping in this market and all the labeling and stuff like that is in Spanish. And we had someone on the trip who does know Spanish, but they didn't think to bring that person with them. Oh, like, you know, and so (laughs) the guy that is, you know, the, the adult leader that's with them, knows spanish and sees what they're doing and he told us later he saw them reach for what they thought was spaghetti sauce like a you know pizza sauce
0: Mm.
1: it was jelly some kind of sweet jelly and they put it into the basket and he didn't stop them and that's the thing like it's not like oh no guys you should grab this it's you're you're gonna learn a lesson here you know And so they get back and they start making what they think is pizza and they realize that the sauce is a little weird and we have jelly pizza for the night with (laughs) cheese and pepperonis on top of jelly. (laughs) And, and it's like, well, you know, as long as it wasn't going to harm us, they would let us fail. And then at the end of each evening, we do kind of a breakdown of the day. Like, you know, what what lessons we learned how we can do better like what would have made that better and that's where we said like well we have someone on the team that knows spanish if you had brought them with you like that's a solution to that problem or you know kind of that that type of stuff so it was just like really good to like analyze the day at the end of each day and see you know what could have been better or what or what went well too. celebrating the day as well and so it was just a, a really good lesson on leadership. That's that's instrumental, isn't it? I mean, that's only something
0: um, being allowed to fail and accepting yourself to fail. It's only something I have really <laughs> become aware of maybe the last two or three years. Yeah, just through my own reading and my own research. You know, it was yeah. never it was never put to me in you know the basic words as it's okay to fail. Right especially through school, because, I mean, all the dread and all the fear is based in that.
1: Yeah.
0: So uh, I bet that was, so uh, what age were we looking for you
1: when you went through that? So I was probably, what would I have been, seven, no, 16.
0: Wow. So, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's massive,
1: isn't it? Uh, yeah. How, how you will approach life in general. Yeah, and I think that's interesting because it's like the earlier you learn the lesson of of it's okay to fail, like the better, you know. Mm. And, I, and I think seeing it there and having it repeatedly told to us for two weeks straight, and and not even just two weeks straight because part of it is leading up to the trip, you're doing some training as well. I and like so it. you've got, you know, about a month of constantly hearing, you know, I don't know, what do you think? And it's okay to fail. <laughs> yeah. And it's just it's I, I I don't think I'd be, you know, starting a business or or where I am today if I didn't have that. No, it's massive. I mean it, and I've noticed in you know, all
0: my children they're starting to the school environment there and they're starting to come out with these little things and like my son came up with something the other day about the the word fail and he said it told me what it stands for. I've never used it before. It's and it, I said, okay, go on and you know, teach me. He said, uh, first attempt in learning. And I was like, oh, wow, <laughs> I've never heard that before, you know? Yeah. So it's, you know, it's obviously, uh, it's coming on, you know, and, I, and I'm drumming it into my kids all the time. It's, you know, yeah. I don't want them to go through them, like fearing things and especially yeah. when they haven't
1: even attempted anything, you know? Yeah. We uh, our, our pastor at our church always says, I hate the word potential. He's like, because growing up, I was always told like, and and he was a football player and he's like, I was always told like, you know, you you always hear, oh, you've got potential, you've got potential. And he's like, but does that mean if I don't end up in the NFL, I'm a failure? Like, like, you know, if, if I always just have potential, like telling that to a kid makes them feel that pressure and that stress of, unless I make it here, all I had was potential. Yeah. Versus being like, no, you're good. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. You're good. Period. You may not be in the NFL right now, but you're you're really good. You're really good at what you do. Like It's what so, Noss said is is more is more disconcerting because
0: the fact you've got potential is the teacher's applying it in the context of his own thoughts. Yeah. So as in like the teacher's thinking, yeah, you know, like you said, the teacher might be thinking uh, NFL, you know, and maybe a specific team in the NFL. Well, that kid doesn't know what team that teacher's thinking. Or he might not even be, you know what I mean? Or the kid might just t- take it a completely different way. So a lot of the time, it's, yeah. You
1: should say, or European League, if you prefer.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, why can you can just say? Yeah, you, you know, you're talented or you're good, though. Like you said, it's, it's, it's odd. <laughs> it's, 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 yeah. I, think, I think times are shifting now. Things are changing. Yeah. So... Okay, Um, so recalling um, the younger you, what lessons do you think took you longest to learn?
1: Yeah, Um, definitely, like learning to actively seek advice. Like I would, I would patiently listen to it if people were trying to give it and kind of do the smile and nod thing. But I wouldn't go out and actively seek it, at least not on a big scale. I might actively seek it from one or two people that I really trust or from like a particular group I trust or something like that. But I think there's something to actively seeking advice, even from people that you know are going to give you wrong advice, maybe even. Like, Like just to hear it, and to at least have all the options in front of you. Cause they might say something that gives you an idea for something else, or they might say something that just makes you think a different way than you did. And so just cause they're giving it doesn't mean you have to take it, but I think it's worth the value of listening to it. And so for me, a lot of it, you know, I kind of mentioned earlier that I'm an observer and I have two older brothers, and so I always feel like I, you know, I'm grateful that I got to learn from their success and their mistakes. Yeah. And so being that they're, you know, older and whatnot, that that would mean through seeing how they did with school, seeing how they did with friends, seeing how they did with relationships. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and I reached point where I was like, you know, after seeing what my brothers went through, like. I don't even know if I want to date in high school because it seems like a waste of time. Like, you know, if I, if I'm actually interested in marrying someone like I'm going to go to one college, I don't know what I want to do with life yet. Neither does anyone else. So why fall in love with a girl in high school that, you know, might not want to even live in the same city or do the same thing. Like to me, it seemed like, you know, so from watching my brothers, I kind of learned that lesson was like, yeah, I'm going to hang out with people, but like, you know, not going to commit to anything in, in high school. and um, So it was just kind of funny, like, you know, that type of stuff. But because of being an observer, I always felt like, yeah, I've, I've observed enough. I, I'm making a good decision. You know, I I don't feel like it's a bad decision and it, you know, maybe wasn't, but I didn't necessarily actively reach out to other people, you know, and, and get that different advice. And I think I really started doing that, probably four years ago five years ago um, when I really got serious about my like design capabilities and what I want to do with my career and I was putting together a resume and instead of just being like oh I know what to put on this resume I know what to do like I reached out to my father-in-law I reached out to other people I had a writer friend look at it and like and just took all that advice and made a much better resume and reached out and got the job at the agency I was at and stuff like that. So I think, I think it's big to learn that. Yeah. I, I learned it earlier.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I, I can relate to that. I mean, it, there was a teacher when I was in college it was a math teacher. His name was Mr. Cross and he, and he was in incredibly strict. He was ex RAF, uh, uh, I, I think he was the engineer. Hmm. And, uh, he was he was he could be a real sod a real you know real hard like you know and if he had a slightest inkling you didn't know the answer to the question that he was going to ask he'd ask you <laughs> <laughs> just just to humiliate you in front of the class so i, I was i was struggling in maths and uh, he said oh, "He said Look, on a wednesday after math he said if you stay for an hour after school he said we'll i went through it. He said, I do a little small group for people that are struggling. more than welcome to come along. And all the boys were saying, don't go, don't go. You know what he's like in class? He's a, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a pig and all this business. And uh, I went, and I, he really, really shifted. As I saw him in the daytime lesson because he was like a different bloke. He was compassionate, he was caring. Do you know what I mean? He was really, he, I think he was stoked that people were bothered to go and try and improve. mm mm-hmm rather than just turning up and you know knife and fork in it every week, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, that changed my relationship with him because even, even though he was still a bit of a hard nut, he, uh, I, it's like, a, I didn't care about the fact he was a hard nut because I'd seen the other side of him after class, yeah. you know, and I think he needed to have that to manage some of the people within the class anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Okay, cool. Fast forward now a few years to a time of great change in your life.
1: What story and emotions does that evoke for you? Um, man, change. So I've always loved change. Like to me, it's, it's, it's exciting. It's fun to try new things. It's fun to try new places. So for me, change has never been a word that's like scary. It's to me, it's fun. It's excitement. It's adventure. Like, um, So, you know, it's, I've, I've always just kind of gone with the flow and even, even when the change may be bad, like, you know, like losing the job, kind of like going back to that, losing that job. I wasn't scared about the fact that I lost a job. I was just, the only reason I was upset was because of the confusion of why I lost it and being bitter. It wasn't that I, that I lost, it wasn't the fear because I lost it. What am I going to do? It was just like the annoyance and the frustration with, with why. And so similarly, I think, you know, in, in, in terms of change and thinking of specific moments where change has been part of my life, like usually for me, it it was feelings of excitement and what's this new adventure. So uh, I think the only change that was exciting at first and scary after was marriage, (laughs) yeah yeah it was It was. oh this is exciting I'm gonna get married and, and I'm fine that I know that means like a whole different you know life and whatnot and then I think you know no matter what no, no matter what you have there's just nothing to prepare you for like you know we, we we did plenty of premarital counseling and we did you know a lot of just kind of talking with you know my parents her parents are still together they've been together for years so we have like a great example we have you know stuff like that that like but it doesn't matter like no matter what you think you're getting into it's it's totally different once you get into it yeah (laughs) and and so i think that was like the one change that was probably like the most shocking for me and i think it's because it's the one thing that you in order to make work have to give up control at some, you know, in in some way, whereas like other other change, like even being let go from the job, it's like, okay, well, I can I can do what I want with that emotionally. I can I can do this, do that, whatever. Like, you know, you make a change or whatnot. But with you know with marriage, it's like, okay, this this is a change, and now I got to figure out what this schedule. I, I have to tell my wife I'm going somewhere. Like like I, you don't just walk out the door and go you. Yeah. Oh, Hey, I'm, I'm, even if it's to the store, like I'm headed to that, like having to say that each time you leave, you know, or like, you know, know where each other are and this and that. And like, it, it was just different because it's like, Oh, my schedule is not mine. My stuff is not mine. Like, you know, and in, in a, in a good way, but it's just, uh, it, it was more difficult to learn that than I thought it would be. Yeah. It's a big shift in mindset.
0: Yeah. Cause it's, uh, since since I, I was married, the that well, I was constantly German into my wife who was particularly quiet was um, communication because mm-hmm. she was literally on a on our first date <laughs> for a for a meal a sit down meal and I showed her the menu and she I said uh, do you do you like anything? She said yeah, I love a steak and I, I said what <laughs> oh, I love a steak and <laughs> they said you're gonna have to speak up I can't hear the word you're saying but like. Eventually, now she's come to full circle where she, I can actually, she verbalizes and I can hear her. Yes. So now she's able to communicate, uh, but but with that communication, then goes uh, like you said, a, a, like it's like a surrender. But it's an, an acceptance that it's like you said, it's not just you, it's it's two. No, yeah. and 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 that was probably the the thing that really impacted me the most. Was yeah. making aware that how I was um, in the relationship and being able to accept, that, you know, that that I can affect another person, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: And then being able to communicate that properly. So, is, is premarital counselling um, a, a regular thing, you know, over over in America, or?
1: I don't think so. I think it was more, I mean, and when, when I say counseling, it wasn't necessarily like professional, it was through our church and through our, you know, it was my college pastor. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, he's a college guy and I mean, not, he, he's not a college guy. He's a lot older, but he acts like a college student. And, <laughs> and just so it was just more relational and just talking, you know, what are your expectations? What are, you know, what do you think it's going to be like? And then you talk about that out loud and you realize you look, you know, to each other and you're like, wait, you think it's going to be like that? <laughs> like, yeah. what? you know, and so it was, it was, it was just kind of go through that. I don't, I, I wouldn't say it's a regular thing over here. Um, I'd say it's regular in the church, but not, not in general. Makes sense though. Yeah. I mean, um, cause the expectations are generally
0: unsaid. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's, what well, drives, you, that's what drives you, you crazy. I mean, you assume they're the same. Like even, especially like with my wife and I, you know, both raised in the church, both raised by similar parents, similar beliefs, whatnot, you, you just kind of assume like, oh yeah, we, we think the same things about life. And then you start bringing up conversations about, you know, well, what do you think you'll do with your kids for school? You know? Oh, homeschool. Oh, public school. Wait, what? Like <laughs> no way <laughs> this isn't happening. And, and you start, you start having some of those like, Oh, I guess we do have different beliefs. Same major beliefs, like overarching, like life story, world story, like view and stuff, but like yeah. different beliefs when like the little things that happen inside the home. Yes. Know? Yeah. So it's just funny to, yeah. to talk some of that out and less about figuring out what all your different beliefs are, but more just learning to talk through a few of them yeah. before you're married. And then you're like, okay. And then after you're married, you still continue to find out all the different things you know how we load a dishwasher differently than each other and how you know we have a, a different taste and design or toothpaste or things like that it's the little things i'll crack you that's what i think yeah 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 uh, yeah i think
0: that's quite important we don't tend to do that so mm-hmm. uh i think obviously to sort of make that make that a proper thing when everyone has to go through it yeah of numbers then
1: of divorce and staying money yeah yeah <laughs> i I'm, I'm, I'm thinking this now like you know if, if you took similar lessons and applied them to a business you're starting to like you know asking questions before you get into it and talking through it and you know that's that's kind of what we're doing here you know and that's kind of what you do is like it's almost like premarital counseling but for a person in their business. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pre-business counseling or, or, you know, pre-journey counseling, whatever their next step is. So, Yeah. That sounds cool. It's a similar thing. Getting, getting through those conversations.
0: And we don't see it's all in your head, isn't it? All those yeah. stories. Yeah. And the, the story goes on, like you said, and it's not, in, I've, I've actually written my Facebook, uh, blurb today. And and I and I go into it in there saying about the the, the stories that we tell ourselves and and everything else. But as, as I was writing it, I was getting <laughs> awareness, you know, a growing awareness, and, and think, oh, I didn't realize that. And, oh, I didn't realize this, and about yeah. my, myself, you know. So yeah, it's, it's, it's good to have. Like okay, so if life was to be happening for you and not to you, what lesson were you gifted? Hang on a second. Like, yeah. So if you were to think of life as happening for you and not to you, when you think back to lessons in your life, what's mm-hmm. the lesson looking back that you've been gifted most often?
1: And given to yeah.
0: So um, similar to what you said about um, your learnings with regard to um, some of the things that took you longest to learn. Yeah. Take it into your adult life. What's the thing
1: that, that, that I learned? Yeah. I think one of the lessons, I guess, that was gifted to me is just the um, kind of kind of in a, the ability to go a different direction, even if it's against the flow. Like, um, not always just doing what is assumed the next step or assumed to be the thing to do. And, and kind of what I mean by that is like, I um, I was in drumline in high school and I decided not to do it my senior year and people were like what like you're like this is your thing this is what you do and I was like actually it it was my thing that I enjoyed doing in high school but I don't plan to do it in college I don't plan to do it in life and why spend my senior year doing that and and it was like hardcore like our our drumline marching band was best in state and we would do some national competitions so like it was a Big commitment to be on it, like lots oh, of the synchronous walking and of, yeah, 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 playing and whatnot. You know, out on the football field, impressive. Um, the the real reason for the football field. That's the band. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, it, you know, we were really great, but like it it took so much of my time that I just felt like, you know, this is my senior year. I want to enjoy that time doing other things. And it and it wasn't difficult me for me to like step down from that and see the value in not doing it, where everyone else is just like, well, but it's what you do, like it's it's your thing, you know. And, so and I think.
0: Can we can, sorry? Can we dig into that there? Because that's that's quite yeah. that's that's brilliant awareness. To, you know, you're still a kid at this point, coming yeah. into a young man, you know. Yeah. And then making, you said it was quite easy to step back and not when everyone else is just like going with it because it's who they are. Who right. they are is not the person beating the drum it's what they do. You know,
1: right. But yeah. People,
0: people associate with things and things yeah. they do. So uh, yeah. w- what did you do there to be able to step back? How did you have that awareness to step back? So,
1: I honestly don't remember if it happened before or after. So I mentioned the trip, the leadership training trip. Yeah, And I think that was definitely a mind shift for me in how I viewed myself, like I said, not being afraid to fail, just really kind of a different view on like things happening around me. Um, that was also, I should also say, that was my first experience being in like a country of poverty. Like I'd seen it, heard it, you know, you see photos on, on TV or something, you know, and and stuff like that. But like being around it, definitely gives you a different perspective on, on life. And so that was the summer in between my third and fourth, you know, junior, senior year of high school. And so, which somewhere around there would have been when I made the decision not to do drumline as well. And I, and I don't remember if I made it before the trip after the trip, I think it was probably after. And, and it was just, you know, Hey, like I, I realize now there's different things I want to do. And I want to work, like I I decided I wanted to have a job and kind of pursue that. Um, I was leading a club on campus that I wanted to to focus, you know, more efforts on and and kind of grow that and work with people inside of that and um, be a little more available to the things that mattered most to me, I think is what the lesson was. Okay. And then, so how did you, how did you come to the awareness of what those things were? Um, it helped that drumline was while we were the best and it was fun. It was also miserable. (laughs) (laughs) The intensity of it because of the intensity of it. It's like to, to be good. You, you've just got to have that sometime, you know, like, and you know, the the instructor, you know, he's your friend when you're not doing the drum stuff, but when you're doing it, he is a complete asshole. And a complete (laughs) I mean, he throws stuff at you. He threatens you. You know, like you miss a couple of notes, and he's you know, Devin, you missed that again. I'm gonna shove my foot up your ass. You know, like, like, and you're in high, in high school. That's a little bit like overwhelming. I think I'm you know, probably less bothered by it now than I was then. You know, and I was just like, I just don't want that. You know, so so in some ways, it was easy to walk away from that. Yeah. But then it was also like, okay, if I walk away, what am I going to do? What does that bring value wise? You know, and I think just kind of the joy of making money, you know, having a job was one. So we, I didn't have an allowance growing up. So, you know, making money was finding odd jobs here and there. Hmm. And so the idea of like having time to have a regular job my senior year, you know, was, I think, beneficial. You know, and and something that was like, okay, that'll give me money to save, save for a car, college, whatnot. You know, so I, I think it was it was just kind of seeing that and seeing, you know, the the value in my time, not just, you know, so learning the value of time and money. I think is what helped make that decision. So, have you do you think you applied that from from the time when you did that? Do
0: you think you've applied that forwards as after that event when you look back, like, or do you think there's a times where you maybe went against your own
1: innate knowing? Do you know what I mean? Where you, do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think I have, and I think you know, one thing that happened. My wife and I moved to Colorado for a year, um, and and you know we had our our twin boys, which are our firstborn. Um, we're only like a year old and we were like, let's move to Colorado. Like I had always wanted to move to Colorado. She was always like, Nope, not going to happen. And then a couple years into our marriage, she's like, I think we should try it. And I was like, really? I okay. Just go. <laughs> you know, my, my brother was already in Colorado. So it was like, you know, for me, it was just, let's go live somewhere else. Colorado is really nice. And then it was, well, my brother's actually in Colorado, so we would have some kind of family nearby and stuff like that. Um, And so we decided to do it, but, like, it wasn't easy because it was just, like, everyone's like, well, you've got, you know, both her parents, my parents are here, so we've got people to watch the kids. It's like there's a certain relief in that. Um, I didn't have, like, a set job up there. I was transferring with a job with FedEx, which is an amazing company to work with. Um, mostly because like we, anyway, I I don't know what, you know, like that, that was a part-time thing. So, so it didn't provide any kind of financial stability. So we were kind of just going up there with our savings and saying, let's see what happens for a year. So, so it's not necessarily like, you know, for some people it wasn't the wise decision or it wasn't like the thing. And we ended up coming back a year later but I never, we never felt like it was a failure. We feel like it was a really great chance for us to be away from family and learn who we are as a family, like as a couple, mm-hmm. not just who we are with constant family events going on and, and, you know, constant reliance on family. And it, and it allowed us, you know, the chance to like make other friends interact, like kind of be forced to not, you know, when you don't have family events happening every other day like you interact with neighbors and people around you and whatnot so it just kind of forced a different mindset so even though we didn't succeed in making it where we stay like it it was a success in a way and so you know, despite it being something that was everyone telling us we shouldn't do it or not you know that it you know might not be the wisest or you won't have this you won't have that like we still did it i think similarly <laughs> with with the job, and not in a way of like, you know, screw wisdom. We're just gonna do it. But like you said, like like still being able to have the insight into what good would come of it, and what, you know, what, that that kind of thing. So the the self awareness I think was still still there, kind of has been similar to starting the business. It's it's not necessarily the road that's easily paved, or a road that's you know, plenty of people saying you shouldn't do it or you know, whatnot, but it's kind of like, all right, well, I have the self-awareness combined with the willingness to at least listen to other advice and and hear it out and whatnot that I was talking about earlier. And I I think like those those lessons have, have helped make those decisions. I don't know if that really answered the question there.
0: Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, spot on, yeah. So you sort of touched on it already. So my next question was, how would you deal with and view obstacles in life?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that, I think, goes back to the community we had around us. You know, so I talked a little bit about, you know, when when change happens or when, you know, some of, some of these things happen in life, the obstacles of, you know, losing the job. We had family around us and, you know, through prayer and like taking time in our day to like one thing that I haven't touched on rest rest is important and I think in order to get through anything whether that's making a decision or whether that's like dealing with an obstacle or whatever like you have to make sure you're well rested (laughs) yeah and so you know intentionally taking time where you're not dealing like if the obstacle is a longer term thing, like like taking time where you're not thinking about it and where you're actually resting. So like, that, you know, prayer meditation and, you know, getting out of the house away from phones and computers, you know, my wife and I love to camp. So going camping once in a while, just gives us cool. a fresh mind. Um, you know, and, and the place we like to camp is where you can't get cell reception. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Okay. But you know i i still bring my phone as a like or yeah i still bring my phone as a camera but that's about it you know and it's like we're we're away from that kind of constant notifications and things that to, to get the rest needed to make good decisions and to you know deal with obstacles and deal with challenges and have the energy needed because otherwise it just it just builds up one obstacle after another that just you know p- piles up and you never feel refreshed to to handle it you know i think that's that's a dangerous spot to be in completely Uh, agree with you. So, yeah. So, I think... uh, (laughs) So, this last 12 months has been quite a... Not a nightmare, but one challenge, obstacle after another, and probably some of the most, like, you know, stuff I had. So, starting last fall, so almost a year ago, we... Uh, started doing foster care. Okay. Uh, so we got qualified, went through the 30 hours of training and opened up our house and said, okay, we're taking, you know, placements to, to watch kids that are like newborns. Um, and so Thanksgiving weekend, we had a call and it was like, you know, Thanksgiving's on Thursday. It was Wednesday night. We get a call. Hey, there's this newborn baby. Can you come pick her up at you know this this place? Uh, sometimes they'll drop them off. Sometimes they say, we said, "Hey, it's late. You know, Thanksgiving evening. Like, we'll we'll go pick them up. I know you guys are short staffed, whatnot." My wife leaves to go pick up this child and gets in a car accident on the freeway on the way there. That she spun across like three lanes of traffic. And walked away from it just fine. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, airbags went off, so she had some, like, bruising on the arms and things like that. But, like, should have should have been totaled. It's like you, you spin across three lanes of traffic on a freeway. Like, thankfully, because of it being a holiday weekend, there was enough traffic that it was actually slow. Oh, right. And so cars were able to, like, hit their brakes and not run into her. And, you know, the car was totaled. And we're like, so now we're on the phone with, you know... The, the foster care agency, like, Hey, this just happened. Do you still want us to take this child? Like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, okay. We'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. But it just might be later that we, you know, and so we, you know, deal with the insurance company, get the car towed. I go and drop the kids off at grandma's house. We pick up, you know, like we get there at 1130 at night and pick up this newborn in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> And get back home after my wife was just in a, like, should have been deadly accident. And so while we have this newborn, for Thanksgiving weekend, we're, like, trying to figure out, like, the car situation, the insurance stuff, this kind of thing. And then only three days later, like, you know, turns out dad was available, but paperwork had to be processed. And it was Thanksgiving weekend, so they didn't process paperwork. And so dad didn't get to have his newborn daughter that he didn't know was born until Thanksgiving until the Monday afterwards. And, and it's like, we are glad to be there, but, but just that, that whole situation, like you bring this child in, you go through this accident and then, you know, you turn it back. And so we were just like, man, that was crazy. So weeks after we're dealing with the car stuff. And while we're still dealing with that, we, uh, you know, in sometime December, whatever, we get a phone call again for like another another child to to be with us for a little bit. And we're like, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Five minutes after we say yes to that call, a pipe bursts in our wall. Ugh. Totally not related, but like, what the heck? Like the other one, it was right after this conversation, we wreck a car and now right after this one, like a pipe burst and we're just like, you know, some kind of force is trying to stop us from taking care of these children, but we're going to do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just like oh my gosh this is crazy and so you know i'm patching walls and dealing with pipes the next you know thankfully it wasn't you know it was caught right away we didn't have to like move out or anything you know it was dealt with right away but it's just you know crazy so we deal with that situation and then um there was another situation and i just don't even remember there were just too many of them And it was just crazy. These placements. Oh, the next. So then, (laughs) we, you know, we had that placement for a little bit, and you know, they went went back with family. It was just kind of a two day thing, and then, um, then we get another placement, and we have them for a little bit, and all the kids get sick. I get sick. My wife gets sick, and then this new baby that's with us gets sick, but he's a newborn. And so he ends up, like, with a fever. We take him to the doctor. They say it's fine. But then he ends up with a fever again. And they bring him into the hospital. And he's got, like, a collapsed lung. Holy moly. And, like, ends up in the, you know, not the NICU. It's called something else. But, but like, the intensive care for, like, this, you know, child. Um, uh, and, and, and we're there for two weeks, like, dealing with this. And And we're just, like, every time we... Trying to take in one of these kids, there's this <laughs> obstacle and this thing. Um, and what I should say, back going back through all of that, going back to the rest, it was important to get rest. So with that first placement, the next that was like right around Thanksgiving. The next day, we were at my family's house for Thanksgiving. So it was a blessing that like after this long night of an accident and taking in this kid, we've got family to be with. And they're able to just watch the kid and we slept, (laughs) (laughs) you know, just like, and it was Thanksgiving. So like, there was no doctor's visits or anything to deal with in terms of like watching this, this child. And, um, and so so it was just kind of a blessing. and, And it was a day of rest, like for us that like allowed us to the next day deal with the car situation, the other stuff, you know? And, and so again, that importance of rest, but the importance of like, we had people around us to help with that, and same with you know the hospital situation people were bringing us meals while we we're at the hospital to like you know h- help us as we're trying to like have someone there at the hospital and not like we the the mother of this child that was at the hospital um, would have visits with them and and she only spoke Spanish, so we're like we don't so we had a friend that spoke Spanish that came and helped like with the stuff so you know when when the hospital. Translator wasn't available. We had someone that could also help translate and, and just people showing up and constantly being there for these, these placements and and bringing meals and stuff like that. Like we could not do it without that. Mm. So all these obstacles that we've been through and all that leading up to, you know, may I was let go. And so just back to that story. So it's been a crazy 12 months for us. Sounds Um, like a roller coaster. Yeah, but yet, but yet, through it all, we feel this like amazing support from from people and stuff around us. So, you know, getting through obstacles, you've you've got to make some connections and have some people help through it. Yeah. So, even if it's you know, if you feel like, you know, my my wife and I are always telling people like, maybe you don't have that community, but like, don't be afraid to reach out to counseling and. You know, like like you, draw a coach, like someone, you know, like you you can you can make that community happen by reaching out to people and getting advice and talking and you know, not just in being internal with everything. So that's the yeah. best way to do obstacles.
0: Yeah, hundred percent agree with you. It's uh, going back to what you said at the very start, I, I mean you always start off helping people to practice on to friends that are in in need. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And uh, you you can help those people so much, but what tends to happen is because they don't tend to have much skin in the game, they it's it's it's, it's sort of a favour, but it's sort of a it's a half-assed effort on their part to change. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's not I really need mm-hmm. your help, and then they're not going to listen to every word you say. So then it becomes a little bit frustrating. Right. You know, and it's like, well, like, yeah, but I, want, I really want to help these people. <laughs> change! I wanted to change! You know what I mean? yeah.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's where the logo comes up. You know, you, you rip you're ripping. Like, Come on! Time's wasting away. You know, pointing at your hair like. 100%. See that hourglass?
0: Oh <laughs> Time is ticking away. Yeah. People don't realize, man. Oh. So... <laughs> So thinking back to where this journey began for yourself, um I think you, you've touched on this already, is what do you believe has got you this far? Uh, yeah, um, yeah so, similar to the previous answer, yeah. Yeah. Faith. Sure. Faith and community.
1: Yeah.
0: It's mad, in it? In a digital age, we're 24-7 connected. Yeah, we probably struggle to connect. <laughs> yeah. i mean truly connect you know
1: oh yeah
0: to the point where we could reach out and ask for help or yeah it's 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 crazy yeah so this is the this is the my favorite one so looking into the future what would be the craziest and most exciting thing for you to be
1: experiencing right on that i'm going to pause for a second and plug in okay (laughs) (laughs) okay cool
0: He's back. You want to ask that question again? <laughs> yep. So looking into the future, what would be the craziest and most exciting thing for you to be experiencing?
1: Success in my business and time with family. That's the short answer. Um, and I think the two go hand in hand, you know, that, that this hard work right now to get things going, to get this started, pays off, to be able to have, you know, long, long vacations with my kids during the summer. Um, I had mentioned my trip to, you know, Dominican Republic, where I did the leadership training. Um, Since then, I've, you know, through college and a little bit of, like, uh, my married life, like our early years (laughs) when we didn't have kids, we, uh, I went to Greece, Turkey, Uganda, Uganda and I, I don't say that braggingly, like a lot of those were other people helping me go and being part of different projects and whatnot. So it was going to those communities, but seeing some of the worst in those communities and trying to kind of be there and, and you know, whether it was building something or um, whatnot, like like going and being part of those communities um, and, and seeing that I think helped shape a different life. Um, you know, I, I think the pursuit of the American dream has turned into quite a, like this, this, this idea of like, it's my right to have it. And it's my, like, you know, I don't know. It's, it's the American culture I think is too, too selfish and too, you know, I, I guess it's probably a general humanity like thing. We all want, you know, something for ourselves. Maybe it's not just an American problem, but I, I feel like having been to other countries, you say you're American, and they're kind of like, Ah, eh, you Americans," you know, like, really? and it just and it just makes me feel like, oh, okay, yeah, like you know, if if you only stay in the U.S. here, it's like, you know you don't hear that. You don't realize from an outside perspective, the way that's viewed. And so you kind of just get a different perspective on life. I would love someday to be able to, during the summers, my kids are out of school, like go on some trips to, to, to who knows what country, you know, take them out of the U S see different things, see different lifestyles. And even, even in the U S just, Mm-hmm. making it places not, not doing the typical vacations like I do want to take my kids haven't been to Disneyland my wife and I always talk about this and I'm like man I could you know they should go once and that's that's about yeah. it <laughs> and then then I'm kind of over it you know my wife loves it obsessed with it and that's fine too but it's you know to to me just going and exploring places we haven't been Versus continually just going to the typical vacation spots. Like it would be awesome to have the freedom to do that and the finances. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that would be the dream for me and, and being able to do that. So on the family side, that kind of freedom, that kind of lessons that I can teach my kids, you know, bring my work with me if I need to and and do some of that would be awesome. On the business side, like I've always wanted to have an apprenticeship, Um, I am I'm all about businesses that care about the community around them, not just take advantage of, you know, the community around them or or whatnot. Um, and so on a small scale, I say apprenticeship, not internship. Internship would be more like, okay, someone's doing work for me, for my business, but I want to have an apprenticeship where I've had a couple situations already talking with different, um, college age students that can't afford college And therefore also can't afford a computer and the subscription to the design programs to be able to learn something. But they're really talented creatively. Like they can draw really well and they can think through colors and things like that creatively, Mm. but they don't have a space to learn that digitally, which is where they can actually apply it most as a career and as a job and, and stuff. So giving them a space where they've got access to like, you know, where as a business, I have an extra computer and use for those programs and they're there to practice, not to work on my stuff, mm. you know, so it's not necessarily a paid thing, but it's an opportunity for them to sit next to me, ask questions, practice, use the programs, do that. Like that's where I would love to take the business eventually and just always have at least one or two, you know, people with me that, that are learning that skill um and then if, if the business is flourishing and I have the extra business coming in that I can give them a project here and there that they're paid for and they can kind of put what they've been practicing into real work and just, you know, yeah. So so That's cool. That's, huh? the, yeah. that's the goal of the business of you know, like that that would that would get me excited, like thinking about that. <laughs> I guess you pumped. Oh yeah. 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 That's that's where I want to be someday. Someday, so I mean,
0: you really this is this is the beginning steps now, isn't this, this is the foundational phase? Oh, yeah. So yeah. I mean, I think yeah. you're laying. The, you're going. You got the right mix down, especially with the way you're approaching everything. Yeah. And you seem remarkably level and calm. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say almost unflappable. Almost. <laughs>
1: <laughs> almost. <is> almost. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, so you know, that's perfect trait. So yeah. I'd I be, I be excited to see that development. I mean, I, I'm a, yeah. an ex apprentice myself for the, so in our community, uh, it's quite popular to have apprenticeships, but I don't yeah. think it's that popular, especially engineering in America. Mm-hmm. So,
1: uh, you have, yeah. you, I mean, we have internships and, and I think that's, but I, I really feel like that's different. Like, and even the company I was with, like had internships and we had college interns But a lot of companies want college interns that are in college, you know, that they might eventually hire yeah, or that are in college. And I don't know if there's some sort of like tax deduction for having, you know, a college, like, like actual college student as a intern because they were taking it and getting certain college credit for it and stuff like that. And so, we didn't bring in an intern that wasn't getting college credit for it, which again, going back to the person who can't afford college can't get that internship because they're not in college. And so giving that person an opportunity, you know, so, so yeah, there's not really apprenticeships, at least that I've seen as much as there are, you know, paid internships.
0: So it sounds like a breaking new ground.
1: I I hope so. Yeah.
0: That was pretty cool. So on that, Clay, can you tell my audience where they can find you and on what platforms, Devin?
1: Yeah. So um, being in the marketing industry, I'm on a few of them. Um, so you can find me on my website, which is devinhanson.design. That's Devin with an I and Hanson with an O. And then, you know, search Devin Hanson Design Co. on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and you'll find me on there as well. I'll add the links to the to the podcast
0: so they can find you. Awesome! Um, it's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you very much for your time today.
1: Yeah, thank you,
0: Joel. I've thoroughly enjoyed it, and it's been uh, it's been great to connect because although we're in a, the same mastermind together, we don't really get a chance to to talk to this degree, and it's it's good to have yeah. a,
1: you know it's, deep and meaningful conversation like <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's fun to dive. In. I love I love diving into this kind of stuff. It's really cool. So it's encouraging. yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, I didn't know what this conversation was going to be, but uh, like going through those questions are, are are just so helpful. You know, you don't, you don't know what, you know, what is going to come out of that. And you start thinking through those questions and, and even though it's all stuff I already knew going back to some of those days in high school and stuff like that, like, really does fuel me to see like okay this this process i'm in isn't just something that started in may you know <laughs> it's something that started way back you know i can take those things from way back and and stuff like that so it's it's awesome
0: that's cool man i'm glad you got that from me because that was my intention i mean i've been i've done a couple of podcasts and i've sent out these forms in the past but i've always wanted to be in a position where i could ask Questions that the audience can learn, or and you know, and um, relate to, but also to give the person I'm interview, uh, talking with or interviewing uh, maybe a shift in perspective, or you know. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean that's, that's great if you got that from it. So thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, th- thank you. For that.
1: <laughs> so what's on the cards for the rest of the day? Um, qu- cleaning up the house is <laughs> and- and the pool that I'm supposed to be taking care of. Oh, is, it, is it nice tomorrow enough? It's getting a little green. <laughs> oh, that's the problem
0: with pools. That's probably why we haven't got one.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll be taking care of some of that. Excellent stuff. So, and then, then maybe enjoying the pool and some margaritas again. Oh, yeah? Party again? Yeah. Yep. So you'll have to clean it up again tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> no, just, just me and my wife relaxing. Not party, but... Just having a drink and relaxing by the pool sounds nice for the day. That does sound nice. We've got, yeah, we've
0: got cloud and rain, so we uh, we've just been for the swim with the family. So I think yeah. it's going to be fired on and and chill out.
1: I think today today will be my rest day. Like I was saying, to get get some refresh mindset for for next week. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, yeah. I mean we don't take tend to take down time. You say we're, we're on all the time. Yeah. You know, we're constantly bombarded with no, my my wife's phone's constantly on and she's always got a notification showing and it always oh. beeps. It drives me crackers. Yeah. I, turn, I turn mine off and yep. I check, I check my phone periodically
1: through the day, you know? Yeah. So I
0: wonder how many people yeah, Shout actually... out to,
1: shout out to the Motorola phone I have. Z something. I don't even know, but, uh, If I turn it screen down, then it's automatically in, like, whatever you call it, do not disturb mode. Oh, that's cool. So, like, that has been really useful. So, finding ways to, like, be able to stay focused and not be bothered by notifications. Like, I know to get this work done for an hour, just turn the phone over and then work for an hour. And then open it up and see that, you know. Hey, guess what? Life is still okay. <laughs> Strange that, isn't it? I have five notifications, 10 <laughs> notifications, whatever, but life is still okay.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Perhaps more people ought to try it.
1: Yeah. Or yeah. get
0: away into nature and camp a bit.
1: Yes. <laughs> Good stuff.
0: Okay, Devin, thank you very much for your time and uh, you I look forward to seeing you on Tuesday. Pleasure.
1: <laughs> All right. We'll see you later.
0: Thanks, Devin. All the best. All right. Bye. See